Recent events 1,000. Singing, I'm not your toy, you stupid boy, Israel's Netta won this contest, edging out an entry from Cyprus. Andrew. What is Eurovision? Yes. Hello, and welcome to the Eurowide, episode number 33 for the week of January 7th, 2019. I'm Ben Smith, and I'm joined today by Mike McComb. Hey, Mike. Hello. We are a couple of Americans trying to make sense of the Eurovision Song Contest, and this week we'll be getting caught up with the last three weeks of Eurovision news. Happy New Year, Mike. Happy New Year, Ben. How's it going? It's good. It's 2019. The year is still fresh and new. There haven't been that many like terrible things yet, so still pretty good. How about that 2018? There was so much of it. Yeah, and it just seemed to hang around a lot yeah. longer than it should have. I don't know. Yeah. But... <laughs> I, I have been saying to multiple people, like, 2018 felt like three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're here, and it's now. Uh, and hey, Eurovision popped up on Jeopardy last year. So that clip at the top was from, I think it was like right before Christmas. And it's surprising to always see that on Jeopardy, particularly because I think the last time they had anything Eurovision related was like last February when they happened to have that one category, like the night that we were recording. And they were so confident about it. I feel like we're doing our jobs. So. <laughs> we're, we're doing it. Americans have better awareness of the Eurovision Song Contest. We're done, everybody. We're done. Um, no, we're not done. We're not no. done in the slightest. <laughs> Speaking of Eurovision and quiz things, so if you are a trivia nerd like I am, you do this thing called Learned League Online. It's great. During the the Learned League offseason, there are all sorts of one-day quizzes where you have about a dozen questions on a given topic that somebody has written. Your job is to answer all of them as correctly as you can and to pick five of them that are your money questions, which are the ones that you think people don't know. Over the weekend, there was a lovely Learned League one day about Sweden and pop music, and I woke up. And I saw it, and I immediately slacked you, Mike, because I was like, oh my gosh, look at this. We, we This is shooting fish in a barrel for us, because we've, you know, in the last couple episodes, we have talked about that one lovely episode of Hit Parade about Sweden's pop music dominance, and we have talked about the global listening we've done, and also we run a Eurovision podcast. So we, we kind of know about Swedish pop music. Just a little bit, just you know. A, just a little bit, and to completely, I mean, it's not even a humble brag, it's just a straight-up brag. Uh, I am one of three people who came in first place on, on that bad boy, uh, mostly because I knew the difficult questions, and more importantly, I knew to mark the difficult questions. But just to share some of those questions, what last name is shared by Cousins Benjamin, who won the 2018 version of the annual Melody Festival and Song Contest with Dance You Off, and Sebastian, a member of both the electronic music group Swedish House Mafia, and an eponymous spinoff effort with fellow DJ Axwell. Would that be Ingrosso? That would be Ingrosso. Aha! Uh, which, <laughs> the thing I liked about that trivia question I learned is that I learned that there's another Ingrosso in a different musical group. Yeah, well, I think also his mom is a singer as well, so, like, there, it is a musical family. Honestly, that does not surprise me that the people mm-hmm. who are taking place in their national final... Uh, it's sort of a family business. Yeah, yeah. Although I did I did not know about his connection with Swedish House Mafia. So Another question definitely played into the last couple years of Melody Festival. And there was a question about John Henrik Fjallgren, who is at least partially uh, Sami, who, who are the, the native people up there. So there was mm-hmm. a question about the Sami people where, again, I was just like, nailed it, knew it. The one that was tricky for me, although I think for both you and I, Mike, because we have various commenters on Twitter... Uh, what German term is used to describe the upbeat, catchy, and often cheesy pop hits beloved in Sweden? Famous practitioners of the genre include Charlotte Pirelli, 
Alcazar and Anna Book. That would be Schlager. That would be Schlager. Uh, and Charlotte Peretti, uh, that is uh, Take Me to Your Heaven. Yes. And that that's how I knew that. that Well, that and combined with, uh, we had that Schlager Mike comment at us last year, and somehow that was just in the back of my brain. We're like, Schlager, that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I might still have that as my Slack handle, or okay. I might have switched it back. Something but. like that. <laughs> uh, and then there was like a direct uh, Eurovision reference, although it was a deep cut. Uh, mm-hmm. Kiki Danielson placed third in Eurovision in 1985 with the upbeat number with a title that translates in English to Good Vibrations. What is the title of this song in Swedish that makes it sound markedly more risque? I have to admit, I did not get this one correct. I did. Uh, and I think it's just I have absorbed enough Swedish to know what good is and bra vibrationer. Which mm. I guess is kind of is kind of risky. I don't know. Like I had issues with some of the writing of these questions, but I get yeah. it. Fine. Well, I mean, I guess if you saw it written down, it looks just like bra like, vibrationer, but which okay. does which does sound like something you'd see in like an adult catalog that couldn't be that direct about what it's selling. I guess. Hmm. I don't know. Anyways, uh, there were lots of trivia questions. Both of us in the top 100, which is good. Congratulations on your win. But we had like a couple other year-end items from like uh, just various holiday travels. Yeah, so like kind of keeping with the Eurovision in the wild theme. I was driving from Chicago to Detroit over the holidays and uh, saw a billboard for uh, Engelbert Humperdinck, who represented the UK in 2012. He's on tour. So if you're interested in seeing him. I'm not sure if his 2012 entry is part of his playlist or, um, yeah, uh, I actually don't really know much about his yeah, career. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I just know that he has a very fun name to say. Yes, uh, there's that whole Eddie Izzard bit, uh, mm-hmm. which is which is delightful. But yeah, uh, there are still a handful of U.S. dates uh, if you are interested in checking him out. I think it's a casino tour type thing, or at least the Michigan date was at a casino. So we'll have a link to that because we like links. Because, hey, it's Engelbert Humperdinck. Right. And then the other item that kind of wrapped up 2018 for us was the ESC 250 countdown. So this one, we kind of missed the boat on talking about it when the actual voting was happening. So the ESC 250 is a fan-based countdown where you log on to a website and you can submit your 10 favorite Eurovision songs. Same scoring format as any other top 10, so 12, 10, 8 through 1, and uh, they will tabulate all of the entries. I have no idea how many they get. I'm sure it's in the thousands. They tabulate all the points. And on uh, New Year's Eve day, they do a countdown of the top 250 songs. And yeah, that was a lot of fun to listen to. They, they time it out so that it finishes up at around midnight Central European time, which means uh, wraps up, oh, math, uh, like about Six o'clock US time. Yeah. Yeah. So as you're getting through like your New Year's Eve day prep, just have that playing in the background. It's played on the ESC radio website. And yeah, it's just kind of plowing through all these entries, but it's just like you uh, just kind of get to get a sense of like what is still popular, like what what stands the test of time, particularly with uh, each New Year's entries, what what songs kind of rose to the top with yeah, fans. What kind of stuck and, around like, the, the second half of the year now that there wasn't a competition Im- imminent? Right. And yeah, one of the more shocking results was that Toy, which won Eurovision, finished in 23rd, which is very low for a current year winner to end up on the list. Like you, you would expect it to at least be in the top 10. And that was a bit of a shocker. And the other kind of unprecedented event was that Fuego uh, finished ahead of Toy. Normally, the current year's winning song 
uh, will be the highest ranking song from that year. That was not the case this year. Fuego made it all the way up to number two. Like there was suspense as to whether or not it would dethrone Euphoria, which has been the number one song for seven years. And it's been eligible for seven years. So it's possible that Euphoria will never fall from the top of the list. Who knows? So Who knows? Yeah. Everybody loves Lorraine. So that was just a really cool way to kind of finish out 2018 and get mentally prepared for 2019 and what songs could possibly be in next year's countdown. That was my New Year's Eve day. Uh, how was how was yours, Ben? <laughs> oh, mine was good. Very quiet, which is nice. Just sort of quiet reflection, uh, hanging out, lying on the couch, watching movies. It's great. Nice. Um, so it's a new year. Uh, there's a new year vision on the horizon. And checking in with Tel Aviv, we have stage details. Which is yes. which is very exciting. Uh, this year's theme. So last year's had that lovely nautical theme. This year's theme appears to be triangles because boy howdy, there are so many triangles in this stage design. If, if it is a shape that has three sides, it is on the stage. It did not hit me until today, uh, but bim marks for everyone. The apple has finally completed its long con and is this year's theme. <laughs> Love is the universal melody would be a good follow-up for uh, oh, man. opening if, entry. If, so. if Love the Universal Melody is this year's theme, I will buy a hat and eat it. Yeah. <laughs> um, because somebody has my number. And also, I mean, that, that movie, like the director and the writers were all Israeli. So uh, again, they've, ju- oh, they, they, right. they, they've just been lying in wait. Uh, now is the time. It's the 40th? No, it's not the 40th anniversary. It's... It's not the anything anniversary of that film, but and that will not be the theme. But like, if there is BIM merchandise or BIM T-shirts, uh, oh uh, man, yeah, <laughs> whoever's in charge of merchandising, uh, immediately start thinking of more things than just BIM T-shirts, uh, Ashley. Because no, um, but yeah, like, could you imagine? Like, wh- a why would you do that? But also, it would be great. You should do that. Um, oh, wow. In less exciting news about the Tel Aviv Eurovision glamping remember a few months ago when we were like hey there's no hotel rooms for anybody because there's not that many and we were like but you could stay on a cruise ship and that would be fun because uh cruise ship um yeah but even the boat space is limited yeah, so, even, yeah uh, even that was a limited option so what israel has, has israel has put their various heads together and what they have come up with is you can lie on the ground in a sleeping bag or a fancy tent or a yurt perhaps so they're building a campsite that is within walking distance of the venue. So that's so, nice. So there, there's a plus, but also sleeping on the ground. Yeah. Or I mean, like, I don't know. Camp Camping's not my thing. I think that is kind of cool that it is offered as an alternative. But yeah, the fact that it's also kind of sounding like, oh, you could either camp or you're on your own. Yeah. I don't- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. You're not really a, a camping person. Uh, I I co-host a podcast, so I was definitely an indoor kid. Um, mm-hmm. So definitely not a great year for me to consider going. So I will not be. I, I will be hanging out here and and watching it from home. If you love Eurovision and you love camping, I have great news for you. Although it's also tricky because the tickets are still not on sale so you have the chance to go camping and not necessarily have a place to go to so (laughs) i'm just waiting for the announcement that there are five golden tickets and each one of them has a chance at winning the wonka factory there we go there we go that's how that's how the selection (laughs) process works this year uh you can run a chocolate factory now and also eurovision 
it's been three weeks. I've forgotten how to podcast. It's wonderful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyways, punchy, you know. Yeah. Anyways, the great part about it being three weeks is that we actually have an entry to discuss. Yes. Yes. So right before Christmas, uh, Albania had their Festivali e Congus. I found out that that is how you pronounce it. And yeah, it was a three-day affair. And boy, you felt all three of those days. <laughs> it was... <laughs> So the winner was Yonita Maliki with the song Katheyu Tokus. The plan is for the entry to stay in Albanian. I'm not sure what their plan is for the Eurovision performance because the way that they structured uh, this year's competition was night one was like the big National Symphony Orchestra performance. Mm -hmm. The second night was supposed to be Eurovision night. The idea being that what was presented on stage was what would be presented on stage at the actual competition. I'm not sure everybody got that memo because a number of the performances were um, not very well thought out or there wasn't really anything interesting going on. Yonita's performance had these dancers that just did not seem connect. Like it seemed like two separate performances were happening on the stage. There was a singing performance and this, this dance performance, but they weren't connected in any way, shape or form. And when I was live tweeting it, that was, that was me. If you were following our Twitter account at your what, that was what my main critique was. It's like, yeah, there are two things going on here and neither one is really servicing the other. So I hope they reconsider that her finale performance on the third night of competition I thought that looked great. Um, I, I hope they go more in that direction. Sorry, dancers. Uh, maybe uh, next time. <laughs> as somebody who only watched the video that was in our show notes, is that mm-hmm. the one that's on the on the YouTube? Yes. Okay, because I did like the the sort of Koyanatsuki uh, backdrop thing going on. It it seemed to fit the song very well. I was listening to the song and it made me think of like montages in something like a national treasure where they're like in a very old library reading books mm. and then they're in a helicopter going to a place yeah like there there's seemed to be more of a story yeah going on where the dancers were not really communicating any sort of story that seemed connected with the song but yeah i mean like the whole uh, the whole eurovision night thing was i like the idea of what they were trying to do it just was not executed well it also didn't help that the show started 45 minutes late there were some major technical difficulties because they knew that they were going going to have a much larger audience on the streaming platform. And I think that was just causing some problems. But I just want to give a shout out to the at ESC Albania account, which was kind of doing play by play and also kind of communicating out to everybody like, yeah, we're having technical difficulties, but they had a really good sense of humor about it. And we're cracking some really good jokes. Uh, Like one one of the performers had on what somebody described as a Sonic the Hedgehog costume, like a... And uh, the ESC Albania account was just like, don't worry, we've already explained what the Barbara Dex Award is. And it's like, oh, ESC Albania, you're my people. (laughs) (laughs) You picked the right social media person. Yes. So that was kind of a bust. And then uh, they had 22 performers over the course of the night. And it was just very long, drawn out 
set of performances because 22 is just a lot 22 is a large number yeah and then there's also commercial breaks and i believe it was after performance 20 they brought out a woman who was like talking with the host and all of this is being conducted in albanian so i have no idea what is going on and out of nowhere she pulls a puppet out of a suitcase and goes into a 15 minute ventriloquism set And it's just like, really? There's two songs left. Why is this happening? <laughs> just like, what is what is the worst possible interval act that could happen right now? Yeah, not only that, but it's just like you started 45 minutes late. So like, if you're somebody who was like there in the venue live watching this, it's just like, all right, we're already like, I've already been here for an hour longer than I was expecting to be. And now there are puppets. Ugh. <laughs> I mean, the second that you're going like 45 minutes over time, maybe the first thing you should do is, is, is tell a ventriloquist, actually, uh, we're going to pay you, we're going to pay you your half cancellation fee. Right. And we are yeah, so was... sorry. Maybe next year. I know this is the fifth year that we've done this, but maybe next year. Uh, yeah. I'd like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe she won Albania's Got Talent. Like, I, I really, I really have no idea, like, what was happening. But in the final, there were 14 acts, which is like, ugh, you've couldn't cut the field anymore but yeah i i did not get to see that it's always what what i enjoy about the albanian final is it's usually the same time that i'm making the drive from chicago to detroit for the holidays and it's like kind of a race to see all right who's who's going to get to detroit first me or the selection in albania (laughs) (laughs) and it's always close which is amazing because like we usually make a lot of stops uh, uh, on the trips (laughs) um but yeah it's I'm optimistic about this entry. Okay, yeah, I, let, let's talk. Uh, let's talk about Unita. First of all, I think she's a really interesting person. Uh, this is her ninth time competing at FIK. This is the first time that she's competed since 2007. So there's been a pretty sizable. Wow, gap. yeah, that's a uh, that's a big gap. Wow. Yeah, but she's very active as an artist in okay. Albania. Yeah. she's done a lot of reality shows, like <laughs> on the first season of Albania's version of Big Brother. They would bring in like a it's not necessarily a panel of experts. It'd be like a psychologist, some other like medical or psychiatry or like person to like kind of analyze the contestants. But then they'd also have a third panelist who was like a celebrity of some sort. So like an author or a singer, something like that. And they would interrogate the evicted contestant. <laughs> and apparently like you need to develop a reputation of being very critical of the contestants. It's like, ooh. I kind of want to seek this out now because that sounds amazing. Yeah, like I am, I am very into uh, Big Brother for some reason. Having like the panel from Japanese Iron Chef as like a mm-hmm. final hurdle for eliminated contestants. Yeah, like that. Oh, that would just make the American version so much more fun and watchable, and just like read them for filth. But <laughs> yeah, since then she's also hosted uh, the Albanian version of Dancing with the Stars. She's a judge on uh, their version of The Voice, and. Yeah, like I mean she's she's a very successful artist and like I thought the performance that she gave like in the final which we'll have we'll have the link to the video in our show notes. She knows what she's doing. Yeah, and like I I was definitely captivated by her as a performer when I, mm-hmm. when I from from my my takeaway from the video. The song I, uh, I I think I need to listen to the song more and like the fact that it's the only song that we know more than just like the title and an artist behind mm-hmm. is is there like I I like it I am I'm not sure I can picture it as a winner, but I think it's it's a very strong first entry to hear this year. You would think that Albania would be sort of take advantage of its position of choosing first usually to kind of set the tone 
for the for the following year's competition. And that doesn't really happen all that frequently. I think part of it is just because FIK isn't really like it's it's choosing their Eurovision entry, but that's not the purpose of the competition. The way that like Melfest has kind of right become like the selection process. It's like oh no, we have this this music competition already. We might as well just send this entry to uh to represent us at Eurovision. Like it's more of a two birds one stone type thing yeah. instead of it being a combined intentional process. Right. It, it's not necessarily an intentional sort of yes. This is this is how we're setting the stage for this year of Eurovision, but it. Although it is interesting, just sort of now thinking about this entry, sort of in conversation with what won Eurovision last year, and it, it's very different. Mm. Yeah, it's very different, and it's I, I think it's consistent with kind of continuing whatever music story would be coming out of Portugal. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm 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 very in, I'm intrigued by this entry, and even though it's going to stay in Albanian, I'm sure there's going to be some tweaks mm-hmm. to the song in some way just because there's always there's always going to be tweaks and Mm -hmm. they've got plenty of time to work on it but i'm very optimistic about this one yeah again like just just from an an initial listen again like it's early in the season i'm going to hear this lots and lots of times it's Mm -hmm. not immediately grabbing me as a winner but anything can happen and i think again like just thinking about it in contrast to toy uh Mm -hmm. it's a very kind of interesting sort of take and again like i i'm very very captivated by yonita as an artist so i'm interested to see how Albania lets this develop. So the other big piece of news is that Cyprus has done everything but released the song. They have told us who the, their artist is, and it is Tamta. Uh, they have told us that the song is going to be called Replay. Uh, and it definitely seems like they are doing a replay of last year. So Alex P., who wrote Replay, also wrote Fuego. Uh, he briefly worked with Red One, which I, I thought was an interesting note, although mm-hmm. I don't necessarily hear a ton of like Red One in, in Fuego, but... I think their partnership as writers ended in like 2014, 20. So it's been a while. Things have, mm-hmm. things have gone on, but uh, it makes sense that, that uh, he's sort of a go-to for, for Eurovision entries because he also wrote uh, always for Azerbaijan in, tw- in 2009, back when they were really, really chasing the, the Eurovision title. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause that, that, that finished in like third, I think. Yeah. So two very very strong entries. It makes sense that that Cyprus would want to keep him on a retainer. Currently, the the songs to be released in February. They're they're finishing up post production in Sweden. Which hey, Sweden pop music, uh, good choices. I, I I'm excited to hear this one. Yeah, you you and everybody. So. Yeah, yeah yeah because Fuego was one of the ones that kind of snuck up on me. Where like last year when I heard for the first time, I'm like this is kind of silly. And like by the end, I was just like this should win. Mm-hmm. Cyprus, go for it! Awesome. Yeah, and they've and they've been going for it for a while. Like when, uh, let's see, was it 2016 when Minus One was representing them, the rock band? Yeah, like they were working with uh, Thomas Jason and like really trying to get that like Swedish influence. Yeah, into like, like Cyprus, into their entries. Cyprus so. has been has been coming to play for the last couple of years, which is interesting given that they don't really have the budget to host. If you think about it, but. Bless them for trying. I, I don't think any country has the budget to host. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, it'd be like the UK and Germany, and I don't think either one of them is particularly interested in doing that right now. The UK, uh, yeah, the UK is just will actively self-sabotage themselves at every, every chance that they are given a chance to select an artist. And, mm-hmm. and I kind of love them for that at this point, and is that they, they keep giving themselves a chance to make good choices and go, now we're good, we're, we want to keep doing our thing, and, and complaining about it. And, you know, I, I respect that. Yes. <laughs> uh, the lovely thing about going away for like three weeks is that we have all sorts of other 
exciting uh, announcement news about who's going internal, who's staying, who's sticking with a, a format. I don't know. Speaking of self-sabotage, maybe San Marino announced that they're going internal and that their song is in post-production right now with an international artist. And so that's fueled all sorts of speculation as to, oh, who could it be? And like, how, do, how did San Marino keep this under wraps? They're a very small country. There's like 30 people there at any one time. There is one paparazzo and he's very good at his job. Within like six hours of the announcement from San Marino, uh, there was speculation that their artist was possibly Rodrigo Alves, who you may know as the human Ken doll. I never want to look at that man's face again. It's, yeah. it's terrifying. Yeah. It's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so his his original claim to fame is uh, having undergone, I think it's like 150 plastic surgeries. It's too much. It's, it, yeah, like he spent at least a half a million dollars on plastic surgery, and he looks kind of like a Ken doll. If you're like across the room and squinting. Right, but it's just like, it, it's, I don't know, he's, he's kind of become a staple of like the Daily Mail and other like gossip mags in uh, the UK. And he most recently was on uh, Celebrity Big Brother in the UK and was kicked off the show for like using racial slurs and just other like really bad behavior like he was he was not voted out of the show he was removed by <laughs> he was production forcibly so, removed from big brother which really you know it, that takes effort <laughs> yeah yeah so um not sure why san marino would want to to hitch themselves to that star but uh, uh i mean my personal prediction for who the international mm-hmm. artist is is that it's valentina Minetta. she lives in italy now she's technically an international artist because of a 30 minute drive <laughs> but it's just like it's still international by the technical definition of the word so <laughs> again, but yeah. again by the by the stretchiest definition of international valentina Minetta representing not uh, I almost said Azerbaijan there, but in a surprise pick, Azerbaijan has chosen Valentina Mineta. That would be a pleasant surprise. But a few days later, they were teasing like, "Oh, who could the international artist be?" And like posted a photo of like fifteen different artists, and a lot of them were San Marino alumni. So Valentina, Sirhat, the two kids from twenty fifteen that, that, uh, that weren't Valentina but did sing a Ralph Siegel song. Right. Uh, I think Ralph Siegel might have been one of the photos. Um, uh, yeah, they had Rodrigo Alves on there. They had Cher, which, like, I would be all for that, even though there is no way that would happen. So even Marino, though, like, we know that you don't have Cher money. Yeah, and it's just like, oh, there might as well be like a picture of Santa Claus as well, which like could be interesting. In a stunning twist. In the middle of May. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I hope you enjoy the, the May climate in Israel. Uh, but... uh, yeah, no, just, uh, I just love thinking of how far you can stretch the, the definition of international artist. It's Banksy. Uh, they've chosen. They've chosen Banksy. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna spray paint a wall with a stencil. And it's going to be a stunning commentary on on race relations. I mean, if they can pull that off, yeah. I, I am here for it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, all will be revealed on January twenty first. So, um, so anything is possible oh except it's San Marino. Let's let's set realistic expectations. Yeah, <laughs> but I do appreciate that they are taking a more assertive approach, but just being like, "Oh no, we are already ahead of the game. We've got this all figured out, and we are going to play with your brains until yeah. we make the like we're playing on our terms now." Again, just, again like, okay. a very good social media hire this year, San mm-hmm. Marino. Uh, kudos to you. Yeah, yeah. Way to troll the internet. Way to so. troll the internet, and good <laughs> on you for realizing that that one in three sixty format was a real, real non-starter. 
Yeah. Oof. Well, hmm. <laughs> although if you do have those little sign waving robots uh, on like deep discount, I will pick one up. Yeah. <laughs> Elsewhere in selections, uh, Spain has picked their 10 songs. There, there are 10 songs. One of them will represent Spain. That is all we really know at this point. A lot of the details of the national final still to be determined, but Spain would like you to know that they have picked 10 songs. So it started out with uh, three songs being selected by the public, and then from the remaining 14 songs that were up for consideration, uh, a jury picked seven of those. So I, I think the expectation is that the final is going to happen this month. But yeah, there's, I don't know, this will probably be the item that ends up uh, being immediately obsolete by the time that this episode goes live. But, but as of right now, we don't have a date. For... We don't have a date. But, but again, at any moment, Spain could have, could have chosen their entry. Mm-hmm. I'm now just picturing just knowing that they picked based off of snippets. What if they played you the best 30 seconds of that song and the rest of the song is just hot garbage? I mean, it probably wouldn't survive the, the remainder of the process, but who knows? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, this is very similar to the process they used last year, which like, even though... Th- the song that was selected wasn't super successful at Eurovision. It did very well in the ESC 250. So yeah, the Spanish public is very enthusiastic about their entries, even if the rest of the world is kind of lukewarm about it. I feel like everybody was like yelling at their, their two entrants from last year to kiss, but like nobody, everybody just wanted them to kiss. Nobody actually cared about their song. Yeah. Once we get the actual date for the Spanish uh, selection, we will add that to a Google Calendar that you can now find on our website at eurowhat.com. It now has all of the national selections that are coming up and links to where you can watch them, assuming that they aren't geo-blocked. I am looking at you, Malta. But <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, uh, coming up this weekend on TV uh, is going to be the second round of the Lithuania Marathon. <laughs> Oh, Lithuania. It takes 32 weeks for you to pick an entry. I mean, the first heat wasn't so, so bad. Uh, Like, I I agree. (laughs) Well, no, like, I mean, 12 songs, again, is a lot, particularly when it's just like, oh, this is just the first week of many. Uh, Like, it's going to be like an eight-week process, I think, this year. But anyway, it's, I I agreed with most of the six songs that advanced. Like, I, I didn't think anything that should have advanced, like, didn't make the cut. Like, everything that should have advanced is moving on to the next round. And then there were a couple of more songs. So <laughs> and then the there were the other merrier. songs as well. Yeah. Lithuania is probably going to go with the most interesting one, mm-hmm. which they tend they tend to do. So there's that. Let's see. Georgia Idol uh, is continuing. Uh, I believe they're still in like the audition phase. So yeah, like n- nothing like really concrete is happening on the show yet. One way that you can participate right now, aside from like voting for your favorite contestants, uh, is if you want to submit a song for the winner to sing at Eurovision, you've got time to submit your entry. They're taking submissions up until February 1st. And as far as I can tell, there aren't any sort of like citizenship requirements. So if you want Georgia to sing your song. Yeah, <laughs> if you want to submit a poorly Google translated version of a moment like this for, mm-hmm. for Georgia Idol to sing on the Eurovision, uh, you can try. Or if you want to use our song generator on our website, you can just start with Tbilisi on my mind and see where that takes you. <laughs> Oh man, the the Markov chain generator is not going to know what to do with that. Ah, <sighs> good. No, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's for the best. <laughs> Elsewhere, uh, Malta live show two of X Factor. Although yes. that's that's the geo blocked one. I believe so. Okay. I think that uh, they are posting clips on their YouTube channel, but but, um, but they do not yeah. want me to call in so that the grocery store jingle wins, and that's fine. Right. 
Right. And that one seems to be moving at a pretty good clip. Like they got rid of two contestants this past week and it was the first week of live shows. So they're choosing the winner of the show uh, by the end of the month. So I don't know. There could there could be eight people going home this week for all I know. So, <laughs> uh, But yeah, the big item uh, coming up this weekend is going to be the first semifinal from France. They're doing their uh, Destination Eurovision again. And this time the semifinals are going to be live with audience voting as part of the pro- uh, selection process. That one's going to be probably the big deal on Twitter Saturday afternoon. I believe you can watch it through the uh, French broadcaster site. And if not, uh, they are planning on broadcasting it through their Facebook Live. Right. That was such a weird experience last year of like watching a thing on Facebook and having it be a Eurovision thing. Yeah. And like having random thumbs and hearts flying across yeah, the screen like at random, different points. Yeah, yeah, just like various of the, the Facebook emoticon choices floating across the screen while someone sings a cover of, oh, a yeah, cover of the Cranberries zombie. You should be able to see that one. That one will, will not be geo-blocked. You just may have to go through like the unconventional method of watching it through Facebook. But I'm looking forward to that one. And then the last one that's already kind of live is uh, Czech Republic. Uh, they are doing their online format that they did last year where they have eight entries and there are YouTube videos up for all eight entries and people can vote for those songs, I believe, through the Eurovision app. The songs came out today as we record this, so haven't had a chance to kind of sit and marinate with them, but uh, we'll be talking about it on next week's episode and we'll have a link to the YouTube playlist in our show notes so you can check those out and yeah, you can think of it as a homework assignment. You guys like homework, right? Homework's fun. Homework's fun is like a 30-something. Fun Mm -hmm. to have that. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll we'll be talking about those next week and having opinions about things. Yeah, so. <laughs> it is so nice to have opinions about things again here in 2019. We have the calendar. Add the calendar to your calendar so that you know when all the Eurovision things are happening. Is that it? I think so. That's going to do it for this episode of the Euro What. Thanks for listening. The Euro What podcast is hosted by Ben Smith. That's me and Mike McComb. That's me. You can find us on our website at eurowhat.com and on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram where we are at you're a what if you'd like to contact us by email we can be reached at esc at what else is on tv we'd love to hear your questions and comments you can subscribe to the euro what on apple podcasts google podcasts or the podcast app of your choice hey by the way we're also on spotify that's nifty yes and stitcher and oh and stitcher now yes we're, we are all over we are the moving place. on up to the east side word of mouth is still the best way to get folks to listen so please be sure to tell your friends about the euro what podcast rating and reviewing the podcast when you subscribe also helps other eurovision fans find us on all of those platforms so please rate us on all of those platforms please like and subscribe we will be back next week to make sense of just what has gone on in the last week of eurovision 